we're back. Another episode of Talking Bean. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? Good. Fantastic. Good. So, Virtual 11, episode 5. <laughs> yeah, no. No, not happening. Yeah. we. Yeah. Uh, I think we spent enough time on that album. We did. Yeah. We got That's... a lot. I- Ton of feedback. I yeah. can get over. I know I talked about this last episode. Tons of detail feedback. I still got l- pages and pages over here, but I'm yeah. not going to go through it. Don't worry. I think people have heard enough about a lot of the feedback. A lot of the feedback was exactly that. All right, time to move on. Yeah. Someone made a, a comment on Facebook that said, uh, "You spent two episodes on Power Slave <laughs> and four on Virtual Eleven. Three on Power Slave. Yeah, or did we spend two? I don't know. Yeah. To which I replied, I know somewhere in time we spent two, which seems strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, but that was years ago. Yeah. I'm feeling time was hard then. Now it's too easy. I know. Now it's we crazy. can't get our episodes done in time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I still can't believe the people out there think that the Power Slave is better at Virtual 11. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> well, we had that one guy that called in. Remember I played that? Yeah. One guy called in and said uh, yeah. he thought it was a better album than Seventh Son. I know. What was his name? Pinocchio? <laughs> I can't remember. Who knows? Uh, there is one bit of feedback that we got for Virtual 11 that I want to play. Oh, God. It's... Uh, you our promised. Buddy, you our, promised. You promised. Our buddy Maxim. Yeah. Yeah. I he's a long t- time like contributor. Yeah. He's written in a few times, or he's left messages a few times and written mm. in a few times. Yeah. About uh, Maiden albums, and he had this to say about Virtual Eleven. Hey guys, Maxim here again. Loving your Virtual Eleven episodes and different perspectives on these songs. Here is my history with this album. I used to grow up with my older brother and he basically introduced me to Maiden through No Prayer for the Dying and then later with Fear of the Dark. I guess one of the reasons I liked those albums as they were my first. My brother loved them too, especially Fear of the Dark. Then later he brought home the X Factor and he just hated it as he thought it was too dark and slow and he didn't like Blaze's vocals. I however was mesmerized by the X Factor and couldn't stop listening to it. To this day, The X Factor, along with Power Slave and The Final Frontier, are my top three Maiden albums. My brother got disillusioned with Maiden and he ignored or didn't even know that Virtual Eleven was out in 1998. And because at the time I got most of my music through him, I also initially missed it. One day, by chance, I saw the new album at the record store. I asked my brother why he didn't buy the album and he said he didn't care, but then he bought it nevertheless just because I asked. He listened to it, didn't like it at all, and told me not to bother. But I listened anyway. I listened once, twice, and then by the time when I was through the album for the third time, I just suddenly realized that I loved it. I loved the tone, the sound, the melancholy that felt like a continuation of the X Factor, but Virtual Eleven felt a little more upbeat and more colorful, less depressing. I ended up loving every single song from the album. The only problem I have with it is the production. The bass sound is very lacking uh, and guitars sound flat. To this day I don't get the hate towards the angel and the gambler. I feel the repetition actually works as a way to build the atmosphere and melancholy. I don't mind the keyboards at all. I wonder why people bash the song for repetition and length but have no problems with Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or The Red and the Black. The latter I love, but I find it a bit too repetitive, way more than The Angel and the Gambler, by the way. I also agree with some listener who said this is the song where Harris tried something different, and people hated him for that, similarly to Fear is the Key and Weekend Warrior. Anyway, love the album, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Ooh, another hot take from Maxim. Yeah, and uh, he's not the first person that emailed in that said that they liked the repetition in that. And even the... uh... 
don't look to the eyes of a stranger. There's a few people that are like, the reputation is what makes it. Yeah, and you know, um, by the time we we spaced at the recording a lot, but by the time I got a lot of comments before the Friday episode, um, yeah, don't look in the eyes of a stranger. And that was the one. And I got two or three episodes where people were like, no, no, before you do it, do this, but we all recorded it. Uh, So that's interesting. And he hit on the key points, I think, that most people say about the production. Yeah. And that stuff. It's funny, though, because Fear of the Dark, he said, was his favorite album. Mm. And it was also his first album. I know. So and he said this was one of his first Maiden albums, too. So, yeah. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Where and you get into stuff. He's such a passionate listener and he knows his Maiden. Um, that's about it for Virtual Eleven discussion, though, I think. No more. Till next episode. <laughs> we keep promising there'll be no more. Yeah, so. well, you do. I keep, I keep <laughs> trying to stop it. All right. What's the beer? What's this beer? This yeah. is the Long Trek Munich Hells. Yeah. From Port Rexton Brewing Company. Is that how you pronounce that? Hells? Yeah, I don't know. H-E-L-L-E-S. Hells? Hells? Hells, Hellas. I don't know. It's German. Yeah. So Port Rexton Brewery. We've had a few of theirs on the podcast. Nice. Most of theirs. So this is uh, another one. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, Nice. We each have our own pint. Yeah. I've been complaining and Nesbitt's, Nesbitt's <laughs> delivering. Um, this weekend, there was an awesome craft beer oh, right. afternoon. You went to cool craft Yeah, thing. you couldn't come, sadly. Right. Kids stuff um, on the go. Nesbitt couldn't come, so I had to take my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. Uh, it was called Crafternoon. What a cool, cool concept, eh? All the local breweries were there trying out some new, new stuff. We could have had like 10 podcasts right in the middle of it. <laughs> Oh, this is great. That's really nice. Port Rexton making great beer. Yep. Yeah, they had a salted they have, stout. Oh, yeah? At the that event. sounds good. Yeah, it's coming. I've never been disappointed by one of their beers. I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good stuff. Funny, I got an email here. I'm going to get into this right away. Do it. Paul Garnett mm. says, hi, love the show. Picking up on Nesbitt's joke about, remember I had Stout that, of uh, the Silent Planet. Yeah, oh, I, this yeah. one, I read this one. Yeah, that's a good email. So I made a joke about how they should have a beer called Stout of the Silent Planet. Because Maiden yeah. is coming out with a trooper yeah. stout. And then didn't he rattle off like a hundred good ones? Yeah, so then he said, uh, here's some ideas. He says, uh, what about these for names of Maiden beers yet to be made? Beer of the Dark. Beer of the Dark. Yeah, that makes sense. Holy Smoked. Holy Smoked. Nice. The Evil That Men Brew. The Evil That Men Brew. That's my favorite. Phantom of the Hoppera. (laughs) That's good. Run to the Pills. Nice. Bring your porter to the slaughter. (laughs) (laughs) That that is pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Indale. (laughs) Oh, that's a bit too much. Heaven Can Wheat. Heaven Can Wheat. From Beer to Eternity. Yeah. Ale Gunner. Ale Gunner. Nice. And Deja Brew. Deja Brew. Nice. So, uh. The evil that men brew. That would actually be a really good. I like the Phantom of the Hopera. (laughs) Phantom of the Hopera. Man, that's excellent. Bring your porter to the slaughter. For some reason, I find that one funny. (laughs) They're all good. (laughs) So good work on those. That was great work. And as soon as I saw the email, I was like, oh, I'm going to come up with a few. And I looked (laughs) and I couldn't get any. (laughs) You know, I was like one of those. I was like uh, two minutes to brew minutes to midnight. uh, Better than my number of the yeast. Number of the yeast. Yeah, that that doesn't got a great, you know, number of the yeast. So we jumped right into a uh, a letter, but that was beer related. So while we're drinking Mm. the beer, I brought that up. I uh, finally found a copy of Gog Magog on vinyl. <laughs> no way. It's in the mail on the way to me as we speak. You've ordered Gog Magog on I vinyl? I found a used one, yeah. Really? Yeah. How much did that cost you? Uh, not much. Not much? No. 
No. It's in very Someone good condition, not mint. But. The super band of super For the collection. Bands. Yeah. So. That's a level of collection that I don't think many people should aspire to. So everything that everybody ever in Maiden has ever done. Well, Gog Magog is Paldiano, yeah. Yannick, yeah. and Clive Burr. Yeah. It's very Maiden related. Very Maiden related. So it's like yeah. half Maiden. More than half Maiden. Yeah. Another thing Maiden yeah. related. Yeah. Virtual Guitar- 11. <laughs> no. <laughs> Guitar World. Yeah. Uh, on their website, they mm. had the 50 best Iron Maiden songs of all time. Mm. And it was a pretty generic list. Um, I thought it was lame because here, I'll just run through the top like 10 or 15. I'll give you the top 20. Number of the Beast, Hallowed Be Thy Name, The Trooper, Wrathchild, Two Minutes to Midnight, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Murders in the Rue Morgue, Flight of Icarus, Iron Maiden, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, Children of the Damned, Run to the Hills, Killers, Power Slave, Aces High, The Wicker Man, The Prisoner, Remember Tomorrow, Where Eagles Dare, and Running Free. That's the top 20. So other than The Wicker Man yeah. at number 16... Yeah. The whole top 50. Yeah. Um, there was no post-reunion stuff, except they had If Eternity Should Fail at number 46. Really? Yeah, which is weird. That's not even the best song on that album. No. Um, and then at number 50, they snuck in Invasion, which is like that from the Soundhouse tapes. Yeah. Which I think was them just trying to be like, okay, we picked all hits, and now we're going to try yeah. to get a little bit of cred by putting on like an obscure song. But they're basically with this list saying that I'll play you a clip of Invasion first. You know what? I, I've, I've got to kind of agree with that, though, because that's definitely better than every single song on, you know, Dance of Death. That's better than Passion Dale. A Matter Dale. Life and Death. Yeah. yeah. But they're saying that's better than Passion Dale, Talisman, Book of yeah. Souls, Red and the Black. Yeah. For the greater good of It's God. obviously not a credible list. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. But it's I just put together that they dropped yeah. that in at number 50 just to kind of be like, hey, don't we yeah. We didn't just pick it, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just got the Whenever it's I see something token. like that, I just got the picture. So it's like, all right, all right. Oh, oh, uh, Joni. Uh, your dad, you like Iron Maiden, right? Your dad likes Iron Maiden. Uh, well, not really. I want you to do a top fifty. Uh, you know, old stuff. Uh, you know, kind of fool around a bit, try and create a little buzz with this. Actually, I don't really listen to Iron Maiden. All right, you got that. Great work. Love having you on the team. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. conversation. Like, how is that happening? It'd be like if it's a band that I don't yeah. know at all. Yeah. Like I barely know the name, the band Testament. Yeah. And if I just went on Spotify and grabbed the top fifty songs, and yeah, said that was their best fifty. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, let me see if I can find a demo somewhere that wasn't released. And I threw that in there just yeah. to be like, hey, everybody. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it really makes me wonder. Or I, I honestly think there are people out there that are like, you know, you got to write a, you got to write about this topic. Well, I could write the natural article that makes sense for this topic. Or yeah. I could just take some crazy thing, put some bendy title on it, and everyone's going to go nuts. Yeah. That's it all, right? Do, 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 do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, the Beatles' best album was, you know. But it's just weird that you can pick 50 Maiden songs and yeah. not have anything from, you know, that whole last chunk of their career. It's weird. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Yeah, or... And I can see that how that's your maybe that is your taste, but I don't know. That's not the taste. It's just all like, 80s. It's all over the place. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. weird. I mean, unless 
you really, you know, you were into the Santos tapes and all the early stuff. And for some reason, you pick up those two tracks in the new era. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I've had many people email me their top Maiden songs. Yeah. And something that's been happening lately, which I love. Yeah. Is I made a reference of me and my spreadsheet of my, I took all the Maiden songs and ranked them all. Yeah. Like from first to last. Yeah. And I spent forever at it. And a mm. pretty, it's a pretty solid first to last Maiden list. Yeah. And ever since I mentioned that, I've had a bunch of people email me in their lists from like 100 or from one to like 155. Yeah. Or one, I think it's 155. And I cannot get enough of these. I love seeing people's lists. But I've never had anyone email me anything like this where it has like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll, this top 20 is pretty solid. I'm not complaining about the top 20. Yeah. But like, I can see how you could include all these top 20 that I just read out in your top 20. And that's pretty solid. Yeah. But then to go from that all the way to 50 and not have any. How do you compile a 155? I was thinking about it because I got to do mine. Yeah. Or do I? I don't know. I was thinking about doing it in tears. Like. No, I think Ladder. It's part of the challenge is you have to rank everything. Was, basically, yeah, if but you I was saying at, that partially ordered set, and you know, <laughs> yeah, but mine I have listed from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah, and I have my very favorite at the top yeah. and my very last. And yeah. anywhere on that list, if you grab two songs, yeah, the one ab- above is the one I like yeah. better. I went through every single one and looked and was like, "Yep, there's nothing above this that I like more than this." Yeah, and I, I started off doing it as a playlist, and yeah. then I kind of turned it into a spreadsheet. And then I did my rankings and broke them down by average. So I have my highest, my lowest, and my average ranking per song for each album. Yeah. And then I ranked, I did a whole thing. I'm gonna, When we're finished doing Brave New World, we'll do an episode where we like rank all the albums. Yeah. And I'll use this spreadsheet at the end to like show you how oh. I actually rank the songs. Because it's different from how I actually rank the albums. Yeah. Oh, that is that is weird. <laughs> it's very time consuming. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that famous Seinfeld episode where he dated that girl who had the 10 numbers on her phone? And he noticed his number kept moving, and he like bought her out to a nice meal, and they moved up. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he moved way up, and her aunt moved down, and then he gets a phone call at home, and it's the lady in the dark, and she's smoking. She's like, you took my spot on the phone. <laughs> you know, only Seinfeld would think of that stuff, right? But it, she would like ranked everyone, you know, to do that to your friends. Or, heaven forbid, you lived in a polyamorous uh, <laughs> culture, you know, to rank all of your lovers, per se. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Like, I know these songs are static, but your enjoyment of them isn't. Like, you change your perspective. The only thing I wish is that I had have done this list and taken snapshots of it. Because yeah. I've been updating it as we go through the albums. Mm. I'll be like, oh, we just did Virtual Eleven, and these songs ranked, moved up a bit. Or we yeah. did Dance of Death. I moved a lot of the songs way up. Yeah. Songs that I, like, Face in the Sand, I'd, I I knew it, but I was I never really fell in love with it until we really covered that album. That jumped yeah. way up in the list. So now, well, we still have Brave New World to do, so those songs might jump up a bit. Although I've listened to that album so many times. Yeah. I don't think it's going to change much. Yeah. But anyway, the whole reason I brought this but, up But how because... weird would that be? You'd be up with your wife, and she'd be like, oh, my God, look at this newspaper. Oh, my God, 2015, doesn't that seem like that yesterday? And you're like, yeah. I mean, I had Future Real at 120, and now it's up to 103. <laughs> and she'd be like, that was the year our daughter was born. And you'd be like, two things can happen in one year. <laughs> That's literally what would happen to you. But the reason I brought this up is because people have been sending me their ranked lists, and I love it. I love looking yeah. through it. I've gotten a bunch of documents, a couple where like people ranked them all mm. and actually wrote like paragraphs under each song That's explaining right. their story with the song. I can't get enough of the stuff. And when you email them to me, I print them all up, and I don't read anything on my phone. I don't read anything on my computer. Yeah. I always print them up. I put a staple in it, and then I wait till sometime on the weekend, and I like either have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Or I crack a beer 
And then I read through these things that people sent to me that I printed off. Yeah. And I go through them all, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They put this song here. I don't know. I love it. We should also <laughs> rank the members of Maiden yeah. from a few perspectives, including one, from highest to lowest, person I most want to be, from highest to lowest, best net positive contribution to the band, right? Okay, net. Up, yeah. up and down. So C. Hanks is going, wow, well, number one is Harris, number you know, yeah, six yeah. or eight, wherever you cut it, it was Yannick or whoever, someone earlier, you know, that kind of concept. And then, like, maybe ranking in the most awesome moment or something. Something that, you know, breaks it the whole. Yeah. It's Harris's band, and, of course, Adrian and Dave go forever, and, and you know, Bruce is now, and yeah. we've done those. And we can do best outfit. Best outfit. <laughs> best best use swinging of, of guitar. Belt. Yeah, we, we should set up a Yannick Can't Lose category. Yeah. Best best Converse. Yeah. Best Converse shoes. Yeah. Best bullet belt. Best, best yeah. Best, uh, best third guitar Best role. dancing and prancing. Yeah, <laughs> best dancing and prancing. Anyway, that was the guitar world list, and uh, that just reminded me of like all these people sending in their lists. Yeah. If you have a list of Maiden songs or a ranked top 50, uh, I love reading them. Yeah. So send them over. <laughs> you are a nerd. Also, sort of Maiden related is uh, I've been listening. I've mentioned this before, the British Lion. I finally got my British mm. Lion, the burning CD, yeah. the Digipact. I still don't have my vinyl. Yeah. But uh, I've been listening to this nonstop. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm so hungry for, like, New Maiden, and there's no that's New right. Maiden, and no new news of New Maiden. That uh, The guard on that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking here at the uh, Digipack. This is deadly looking. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a few emails with close buddies yep. um, of ours kind of outside the podcast, you know, that are, are raving about this. Yeah, and but there's like, been a lot in the in the, like, the metal websites and, like, music websites. There's been a lot of interviews with... I guess Steve Harris was kind of doing the rounds of, yeah. you know, pro- promoting British Lion, but doing a lot of interviews recently. He did an interview with Loudwire, and he said, British Lion helps me write shorter songs. Okay. And I was going to say to you, do you think that this means that he's going to get in the habit of writing shorter songs? So the new Maiden album will be shorter songs? Or do you think this is him getting all the short song stuff out of his system and... The new Maiden song is going to be all sprawling epics. I would say the latter, yeah. I would say yeah. that that it's more likely he's basically saying it's... And it makes sense that with where they're at now and with so many band members and such a stage uh, presence that it is hard. I would imagine it's hard for them to write short tracks now. You know, it used to be yeah. like everything was short and then there was a ballad. Like now it's, it's hard always, to cut them down, isn't it? I think they are going to continue yeah. to have this like the first two tracks. Yeah, going to be the short, punchy rockers. Yeah. But even short and punchy for Maiden is like five or six minutes. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah so yeah. what are you defining as uh, – when you say short, I'm thinking three minutes. It's really yeah, hard to have a well-defined Maiden song Three-minute Maiden song. We used to, but now it's tough to define it. So, yeah, I guess it depends where you draw the line. But to me, it I guess maybe he, he feels that the sound from British Line, I guess, can be expressed in small, whereas now it seems Maiden well, keeps getting longer. That's something we were talking about before. And mm. with British Lion. It's not very maiden at all. No. And it's almost better that it's... I found to enjoy this album. Yeah. Like, Steve Harris being the kind of what gets... You know, because of the maiden tie, that's the reason I really found out about British Line and really got into it. Mm. But it also kind of plays against it in that I can't get the maiden thing out of my head. And yeah. you kind of have to to enjoy this album because it's so non-maiden-y. Yeah. It's basically a hard rock album. Yeah. Um, and, I yeah, the first album... I talked about that before. The first British Lion album didn't do it for me at all. Yep. This one's great. Um, 
it's weird that the first like I have the first British line album here somewhere. Mm. Here it is here. And on the front it says Steve Harris, British Lion. Yeah. It's billed as if it's like a solo project. Yeah. Which is weird. Which is purely, I think, just to It almost looks like British Lion is the album name. Yeah, it does. It yeah. really does. It says well, it says Steve Harris British Lion on the spine. Yeah. It's all it billed as if it's a Steve Harris solo album. Yeah. Which is totally not. It's weird, like and you know they did that just to promo the album or whatever. Yeah. But this new album really feels like a band. You know, I did a bit of a deep dive on British Lion, which is hard to do because there's not a lot of information on the internet. So I've got a quote from Richard Taylor, and he says, The first album was done over a while and recorded in bits and pieces. This one is much more cohesive, and we played live, and we've evolved a lot since the first record. So I looked at the history of them, and this they go back to, I think it was the early 90s. Wait, no. Who's Richard Taylor? He is the vocalist. He's the vocalist, yeah. Um, so this guy, the guitar player Graham Leslie, mm. he gave demos of his band to Steve Harris. This is in the early 90s. So this band goes back like 20 years. Um, Steve was like impressed with the songs and kind of got involved as like a mentor. Mm. And he eventually started playing bass and writing and getting in on the, like, the production. So this first album was kind of like a 20 years in the making kind of thing. With a bunch of different changing lineups and, you know, I think it was recorded over a long period of time. And I just can't get into it. But this new album sounds like a, it sounds like a really solid album. Yeah. I'm really into it. I really like it. Yeah. And we were kind of, remember we were saying, actually I read another interview with him. Yeah. It was today. Where he was talking about how he got into got, getting more and more involved with the band and really pushing them with like the branding and the name British Lion and mm. all that kind of stuff. But it's weird that they branded the first one almost. It does look like a Steve Harris solo album. Yeah. When it's songs that he didn't really, he maybe co-wrote them, but a lot of these like demos, they go it's back. It's also branded very metal. You know? Yeah. You know, and I, I've, you know, the first British Line album, we did some clips and there was some, you know, some stuff we sent around internally. I'm not investing any time in this. I haven't invested yeah. any time in it. I don't, <laughs> I, like I've got such a mixed view on this and people will say, oh, yeah. do this. Oh, the idea that Stephen Harris, Steve Harris is after like spending his creative energy. You so know, this is something that's else what I really talk bothers because we were kind of yeah. worrying about Steve Harris using up yeah his, ide- good. his good ideas. But here yeah. now I have another quote. This is from okay. another interview that I dug up on the internet. This is an interview with Steve Harris, and this is what he says about that. So he's talking about British Lion and yeah. like, the songs. He says it's. It's driven basically by Richard Taylor and David Hawkins. So that's the vocalist and the guitar player. They come up with the bulk of the ideas, and it goes from there, really. I mean, it has to be that way because I suppose if I was to come in with stuff myself, I'd probably be wondering which band I'm going to do it with. So it's driven by them. They're very talented writers. If I've got an idea, I would probably take it to Maiden first. Well, it depends. I suppose if I had an idea that didn't suit Maiden, then maybe. I've got so many ideas, but I think it's better that it's coming from them guys because it takes you somewhere else. Okay. So I think it's those guys coming up with the songs and Fair him enough. kind of help fleshing them out. So I feel a bit better about that, but you know what my rebuttal is? What? Then why why are we listening to it? Uh, it's pretty because awesome. Because he plays bass on it. Yeah, know? but it's pretty awesome. They are, yeah. It's a really good, solid album. Yeah. But I do find it weird that it's like Steve Harris, Bridge Lion, and they've kind mm-hmm. of gone away from that, done a total, like, well, not a 180, but... Yeah. Like, it doesn't is, say Steve Harris yeah. anywhere on this, the Burning album. It's just like a band now. Yeah. I mean, that is, it is good that he's not wasting ideas there. But there's another side that maybe he was using British Lion for 
stuff that he couldn't use in Maiden. You know, like remember yeah. the whole the whole Bruce solo stuff where some of the songs just didn't fit, and then yeah. even with the stuff that did fit, he would want to pull it into Maiden. Harris would want to pull it into Maiden. But I think this is more like when. When Bruce did the Skunk Works album, yeah. he wanted to just name the band Skunk Works and not have his name on it at all. Yeah. But the record company was like, we're going to call Bruce Dickinson yeah. and the album Skunk Works yeah. to sell it. And I mean, this first album, the Steve Harris British Line, I think, is because no one would have paid attention if a yeah. British Line album dropped. Yeah. And Sorry, didn't... Bruce, you're not you're not the traveling <laughs> Wilburys. We're putting your name on us. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. The solos and the like melodies on this album great once you kind of get the maiden thing out of your head the production on this is great too i was looking it up and uh, it was recorded at burnyard studios tony newton produced it so he did he's the one that remastered all these digipacks the new digipacks of the maiden stuff um yeah it's great i'm going to play a short clip of just an instrumental part of one of the songs this is like my new favorite song it's called bible black this is my favorite song on the album right now The rhythm, like yeah. the bass and the drums in that song yeah. are really cool. Classic Harris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough for British yeah. line. I was surprised you just didn't isolate Harris's uh, <laughs> bass, you know, bass the whole way through the album. It's just nothing like, if you just listen to it, you, it syncs up perfectly with uh, some old movie I watched. Yeah. Another album that we mm. both got in the mail. Uh, why don't you bring that up? You oh, have a yeah. copy of it in yeah. front of you there. Uh, two copies of the new Lugosi album, Rise from the Grave, came in from Dublin. Yep. Uh, our friend uh, Neil Wright, I believe he's the bass guitarist. Yep. Uh, Colt Rim, I think Seavers on uh, Facebook. Um, I hope I get that right because I've been messaging a lot of people who brought them yeah. up to us, so I got a big stream of messages. Um, yeah, there's four of them in the band. It's pretty awesome. We've played, a, I think, a clip of it before. We did. Yeah, I've been YouTube. listening yeah. to this album uh, yeah. quite a bit this week. I pretty much had it in my living room on repeat. Yeah. I gotta say, really appreciate that coming through. Um, we got a shout out in the disc too. They gave us a thank you. Yeah, in the credits was, of the album, which was deadly. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna throw out their details though for anyone who's interested because okay. this this stuff's worth listening to. Let's play that Wait Witch clip again after too. Okay. Um, that Dublin at Bandcamp dot Bandcamp dot com. Exactly, you called it. Yeah. yeah or uh, I actually bought their I'm, album digitally before they. Sent yeah. It. So when we say Lugosi, it's L U G O S I, and you yeah. can get them on YouTube, on Facebook. They're Lugosi Dub. And LugosiDublin at gmail.com. Neil, thanks for that. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they get their name from Bella Lugosi, yeah. the yeah. actor from those old monster movies. Yeah, you can but get they're the... very, like, their theme is very, like, vintage yeah. monster movies, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, big shout out for that. Why don't we play that White Witch clip again? Yeah, right. Well, let me find it. Grave if you 
but that's like a fifth track on the album, so yep. it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm just getting through it. I've I, I only have CD in my truck, so I've just got it in. I've had a quick Great. listen, but I'm gonna get get uh, used to it now for the next little while. We just got this through. We spent a bit of time in the mail. Thanks again, guys. Lugosi, check them out. That's yep. L U G O S I. You can get them. Search them everywhere. The computers yep. will figure it out. But that was uh, that's pretty cool. That's definitely. I didn't was not expecting them to send us CDs. I know. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. Another maiden related news. Mm. Adrian Smith was on Chris Jericho's podcast. Talk is Jericho. Yeah. He's had a bunch of the maiden guys. Yeah. He's had Steve, Steve Harris on yeah. a couple times. Um, so this whole interview is about 45 minutes long and it's a great interview. Like most of the time when you hear these interviews of like maiden members, a lot of it's kind of, you know, stock answers and nothing interesting comes out of it. I don't know if it's just... I don't know if he's a really good interviewer or if Adrian Smith just opens up a lot on interviews, mm. but like this is a great interview. Um, no news of a new album. This is the closest that Adrian had to say on anything to do with like a new album, and it's not much. It's a, it's a different kind of energy now, you know. I, I'd, I'd hate to say nostalgic because we're still, you know, making new music, which is what I think you know is the lifeblood of the band. You know, keeping you know doing new music. So he said, yeah, doing new music is the life blood of the band. Mm. You know. Yeah. He didn't really say anything about a new album. No. Um, the main thing he brought up in this interview is like, he kept saying these things, but they all kind of came back to how it's Steve Harris's band and he pushes really hard for what he believes and how it seems crazy, but it almost always works out. Um, he mentions that like he didn't think the red and the black would work at all live. Mm. And Steve really pushed for it. And then the fans went crazy for it. Yeah. And he mentioned about a matter of life and death being played in its entirety live. Mm. Uh, it was Steve's idea. They were kind of making a statement about being a, like not being a nostalgia act. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing with the three guitarists, he says, was uh, Steve's idea. And when he came into Maiden as the third guitarist, and he talks about how he like changed up the way he plays songs. There's a lot of like drop D tunings and had to change the parts that he played. Hmm. and uh, basically saying, like, because of the egos, there's very little yeah. egos in Maiden, and that's the only reason it works. So in, in in his mind, he came in as the third guitarist. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's completely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he kept his job. <laughs> yeah, and, but that's and, the way yeah. he looked at it. Um, yeah. He talked about how he's a real stickler for tempo and not playing the songs too fast, because yeah. that's come up a few times. Uh, he says the Legacy Tour is the best tour, best most fun he's ever had on a tour. Really? Um and a lot of technical talk about like in-ear monitors and different setups. If you're like a maiden instrument nerd, there's some mm. talk about stuff like that. Um, talks about touring with Priest in the early days. How uh, he talked about uh, that hearing aid, which was like a heavy metal, like a We Are the World or what's that song called? Is We Are the World the Canadian one? What was that USA for Africa? Tears or not? No. Tears he talked about the Bob Geldof. Yeah, well, there was a heavy metal one that Ronnie yeah. James Dio did. Oh, okay. Where he got all the, like, the hair metal people together. Okay. And yeah, Dave, we talked about that yeah, one. Yeah, and Dave and we... Adrian are in it. Yeah. But Adrian's basically saying how he showed up at the studio and there's all these like hair metal shredders from like Los Angeles, and him and Dave just did not fit in at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah, Dave's um, just sitting there smiling away. And at the end, they asked him what his favorite song. Um, his maiden the, uh, song? His favorite maiden song to play on this Legacy of the Beast tour. See if you can guess what it is. Oh, my God. You'll never guess it. Oh, I will never guess it. Um, greater Good of God. Yeah, it was. Yeah. For the Greater Good of God, he said yeah. it was his favorite. 
guess um, that because uh, he's awesome in it, and also it's just different. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, yeah, it was yes, the new, it was the new song. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, talk is Jericho. Yeah, go listen to this uh, interview if you're a Maiden fan. It's a really great interview. Yeah, and I don't say that much for a lot of these interviews because not a lot comes out of them. Mm. Like a lot of Steve Harris ones, he just kind of says stuff that he said a hundred times before. Yeah, this one it just seems like he's a really good, interesting interview e. Yeah. Interviewee, yeah. interviewee. There's an interviewer and right. an interviewee. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he just opens up and tells all these crazy stories, and he's very laid back. It's it's pretty uh, pretty cool interview. So oh, go nice. check out the talk. I will. I, I do. I do subscribe to his podcast. I yeah. just haven't been through it lately. A whole bunch of people emailed us like the second it came out. Yeah. So the morning it came out, I had it. I was listening to it at work. It's a pretty good uh, interview. Yeah. Um, another email that we got, uh, Duncan McLeod. He mm. says, Hiya, guys. Loving the show, as always. Looking forward to the Brave New World episodes. Thought I'd share this rather impressive orchestral cover of Maiden, in case you haven't seen it. It's rather excellent. Um, so this is a full orchestra. Um, it's a guitarist, Mickey Tejeda, or something like that. I don't know. I looked it up online, but I got a paragraph here. I'm not going to read it. But it's a full orchestra and choir doing Maiden, a Maiden medley. I'm going to play it. I just want you to tell me what you think of it. You like it? Remember the Empire of the Clouds cover we did from the guys in South America? Yeah. And the guy sounded just like Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, I like that more. Yeah. This I like, but it's a, a different take on the song, whereas the Empire of the Clouds was, you know, replicating the yeah. song that they did that way. I don't know. I like it. I mean, I'm not a fan of it, man. No. Okay. It's very, very impressive. Duncan, yeah. in his email, he says it's a rather impressive orchestral cover. It's very, very impressive. Mm. Like, it kind of blows my mind. And there's a video of it you can watch online. It's yes. Iron Maiden Symphonic Medley 2. Now, I bet that would improve the quality, too. I mean, we're listening to it Yeah, like it's, this. it's yeah. kind of mind-blowing to see, but yeah. it's not my taste at all. Uh, to me, you're, like, kind of, uh, I don't know. You're yeah. taking away the m- part of Maiden that I like. Yeah. And just leaving the melody behind. You know what I always think when I see one of these orchestras? Like, because orchestras are typically... Those, uh, harp twins? Yeah. Oh, I love them. <laughs> but there's, they're typically pretty wound up. Like, you know, I don't know if you remember anyone who learned, like, cello in high school. They tend to be, like, you know, in between. Cello was the way that they expressed themselves in between spelling bees and, and you know, oh, really? math studies. You know what I'm talking <laughs> okay. about. Like the band nerds, the medical okay. school people. Whenever I look at an orchestra, I'm always like, okay, you know, it's, there's a certain personality. Now, there's a ton of, like, artisty types in there, no question. I always think, how do you get a metal cover in there? There's definitely, like, two or three metal fans that are like, guys, it'll be fun, it'll be fun. And then, like, a bunch of uptight people that are just like, all right, we got to get through this. You know, every time I, I look know, I at it. I think just because you're playing that kind of music doesn't mean you can't overlap a metal. You could, but we've done, like, a few of these now. Zoom in and just go to the string section. You've got all these girls that are playing strings. Like, are they honestly like they're looking at the sheet? Do they actually know? I, that, that's what I'm wondering, right? The one complaint we have because I guess yeah, someone yeah. takes this and like arranges it yeah. for all these instruments and writes out all the parts. Yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about it. The one complaint we had about Empire of the Clouds, if if I remember correctly, was that there was no passion. Remember that was a video and the guy was like, he was like perfect, but there was yeah. no passion at Did all. Now, not that you'd that? be screaming okay. and jumping yeah, yeah. around. 
Well, I did. I just like complained about stuff. But anyway, but <laughs> <That's> so <true. laughs> it's so true. It's like oh, it's, it's like you know. Sometimes I gotta enjoy hating stuff. Um, and uh, you know, anyway, I look at these and I just see these people, and I yep. think, uh, how did they get them into this? And you know, like how how many takes were they where they were like, oh, give it up? Because you know as well as I do that an orchestra, at most half of them know who made it at all. Yeah, maybe. There's probably two or three in there that are. Can you imagine if if I was in that orchestra and they were like, "All right, we're gonna do a Sabbath song. <laughs> this is an Aussie." <laughs> I'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm out. Throw down the <laughs> smash the cello. Screw this. It's actually a really good song. Yeah, but I don't like it. His wife annoys me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just a personal taste thing. I'm not into this genre of music. Yeah. So when you take Maiden and like, you're not into orchestras. No, not Who's really. Who's not into orchestras? Me. What? I don't know. I guess it's just. It's, I don't know. Oh my god! Now case. this is something we di- disagree on. Yeah. So like, so we get so many often. Often we get so many. Like to me, when the chorus, yeah. when the, it sounds like if this was the background of like a movie, or yeah. something, like a, a but that's score the point. to a, a movie grandeur. that's cool. But I can't just listen to it. I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah. Also, especially the... when the choir comes in at the in the trooper, I'm just kind of like, yeah. oh, come well, on, the, man. the like... history of it too is that you know symphonies give this amazing sound that's not electronic. Like if if Iron Maiden were up there on acoustic, it would be garbage. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the actual volume of of power that's going through everything that yeah. makes it amazing. Whereas a symphony can replicate that with no power at all. It's like an acoustic journey. The other thing is is I listen to when I'm at uh, working away and I've been working crazy hours, which is why I haven't been able to catch some of this stuff. Um, I'm listening to Mozart all the time because I can yeah. listen to it and I love it but it doesn't distract me whereas if someone's like oh you know listen to this new band if I listen to it I'm going to like zoom in and out and then at the end I'll be like oh, I went through the album like a couple times but I never heard anything yeah. it's hard to do right with Mozart it just puts me in this like I, I have every single Mozart album I go through them all and I just loop through them and now I know them all although if someone was like oh what's this piano concerto I would not know okay so but I don't listen to it, any classical music no if it's I want to awesome. listen to background stuff yeah like that, I listen to like a stoner rock. Stoner rock. rock. Pearl Jam. Sleep. No, Sleep. Sleep, they have a song called Dope Smoker. It's like <sighs> over an hour long. I was actually really? emailing someone with that. And it's just one riff and they just jam on it for like an hour. I'll put that on in the background. Really? Yeah. Go check that out on YouTube if anyone wants to check that out. <laughs> anyone wants to listen to that. But yeah, I think it's just, in between it's your 40-minute like, version of Talisman. This is not my taste the same way that if a metal band if Slayer did a cover of a yeah. Mozart song a lot of classical music fans would not want to listen to so it so what if Steve Harris was sitting in the crowd and at minute four he sneezed would that be enough <laughs> no would that be like a British line would that be enough oh wait now Steve Harris was on it I mean Steve Harris is playing the wood blocks Steve Harris <laughs> playing the wood blocks yeah, yeah you can no. hear, you can hear slate scuffing on the floor as he goes to urinate it's just not my thing it no. just I don't know it, it, the sound of it. It's kind of like... I mean, that's awesome. I had this uh, argument uh, last weekend talking with Janis Joplin with someone. Yeah. And they were like, she's such a great singer. And I was like, all I hear when I hear Janis Joplin she's is raspy. screeching. Yeah. A screech. Yeah. I don't even know. How Do- else to describe it? I don't I really know her. her. I mean, obviously, yeah. the iconic Woodstock and all that stuff. And she had some amazing hits. But I mean, I can't... I haven't yeah. listened to her body work. But she's yeah. a tragic but it's figure. It's just a... She's not a 27, right? Either you like the right? sound of her voice or you don't. Yeah, she's I, one of the 27 yeah, Club, right? yeah. Who are all the people in the Twenty Seven Club? Her, Hendrix, Jim Morrison, yeah, and and uh, and Kurt Cobain, yeah, Kurt Cobain, and Amy Winehouse recently. Was she Twenty Seven? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that was an email. Thanks, Duncan McLeod, for sending that in. Ooh, nice. Then another email from Matthias, and he says, "Hi guys, was wondering if you can recommend a killer Seventh Son era live DVD. Seems elusive, bootleg or whatever. Love the show here in Northern California." I play drums for the Brad Gillis solo project and tour with Hardline. Thanks. 
Matthias. So before I answer his question, uh, I looked him up on YouTube, Matthias uh, Montgomery, and he's a crazy good drummer. Oh, yeah? He says he's drumming with the Brad Gillis solo project. Um, so Brad Gillis was a guitar player for Night Ranger. Mm. He also plays on the Speak of the Des- <clears throat> He also plays on the Speak of the Devil Ozzy Osbourne live album. Um, there's a big interesting story between like the Ronnie James Dio Sabbath live album and this. I'm not going to get into it now, but the, his guitar playing is like insane on this album. It's really cool. It's all Sabbath songs and it's just like awesome. Um, but for a Seventh Son era DVD, mm. like there's some decent audio bootlegs and stuff. But like. Just get, here, I have it here. This Made in England 88 official DVD came out in 2013. That was recorded in 1988 in Birmingham. Yeah, that was that was the re-release one, right? Yeah. Is that a DVD or a Blu-ray? It's a DVD. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, just get this, man. That's, like, my, that's my favorite. I also have it on VHS. Yeah. Shed. Of course you do. <laughs> and, and the VHS one, when was that from? Way back. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of bootleg audio from the tour. There's, on YouTube, there's tons of, like, video, too, but it's all not very good quality. Mm. But, I mean, if you're looking for a good DVD of the Seventh Sun era, totally. just go buy this official concert. And then you also get the uh, History of Iron Maiden Part 3, 12 Wasted Years, and there's a bunch of promo videos and extras on the DVD, too. Mm. So just get that. Why not? You don't need to be scrounging for bootlegs. Done. <laughs> I am... Blaze Bailey, you're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast, possibly the best podcast in the world. Another thing that you sent me that was in the news, you sent me this a couple of weeks ago, was an interview with Nico yeah. from Cosmo Music. And I've told the guys this, I've told them all this after the, the last leg. I said, look, guys, you know, um, the, the day you feel that I'm not running and I'm just trotting, yeah. you've got to let me know because mm. I'm going to feel like I'm racing, like a thoroughbred fucking racehorse. <laughs> but I may not be because it's physically your, yes. your body changes. I don't hit the kit as hard as I used to. I couldn't, I couldn't do this job. I have to pace, you know pace myself so um yeah i i will bail out gracefully yeah nico's basically saying like no hard feelings if you feel like i can't keep up to the task yeah let me know so it's just more nico talking i hate hearing nico talk about like bowing out of the band yeah kind of suggesting it in a couple of interviews now he has suggested it yeah although to me he sounds better than ever well, I know it's taking a toll on the body. It is taking a toll. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, you have more news on him, his new drum kit. Oh yeah, we'll get into that after. Yeah, because the fact that he's still doing so much stuff, you know, we'll circle back to the drum kit. Tells me, like, isn't that a you know a con- not a contradiction? Isn't that a little misleading? Like at the same time, where you're thinking about. Am I going to step away from the band? We, you know, we talked at length about potential, you know, Steve's nephew stepping in as a yeah. potential replacement. Just if if there could be a replacement at all, that's just one person that's that's potential to run up in, in right. case maybe he had an injury or wasn't foreseen. Right. So we're talking about Joe Lazarus. Yeah, Joe Who Lazarus, is yeah. Uh, Steve Harris's nephew. Yeah. Who I'm convinced is going to be the replacement drummer. You're and convinced. I think he's going to be on tour with them already to step in. Yeah. Just in case. Just so in I think case. this is all just like preparing just in case. I don't know. Yeah. As like a backup. It's funny. I got an email here about this okay. uh, from Don McIntyre. 
says, hello, first of all, a word of thanks for your hard work on the podcast, which continues to entertain and inform. Mm. Um, let me just cut to, he says some more nice things to us, but he says that Nesbitt has spoken at some length about the clues which lead him to think that Joe Lazarus might be getting lined up to take Nico's place in the band if things get too much for him. And then a couple of weeks later covered the circumstances which led Nico to join in the first place. He didn't, though, join the two up. To me, it looks very similar. Nico joined after being put on retainer and therefore on standby in case Clive's attempt to sort his problems out ultimately failed, and something like that is happening again. The difference is that thanks to social media, it can't be hidden this time. Not only has Joe been learning drum lines and traveling with Maiden, but he's been on the British Lion Tour of America with, as far as I can tell, no specific role, as though he's being kept employed by the Maiden organization to keep him at hand should things get too much for Nico. Again, none of this is proof, but it is a point of view which, in my opinion, hangs together. Anyway... Once again, thanks, and keep up the work, up the irons, down the hops. Yeah. But that's something, because I never really put that together. We got into oh. that um, when Nico, yeah, when Nico replaced Clive yeah. in the band, they did have Col- yeah. Nico on retainer. That's true. And ready to go. Yeah. They are paying him when he wasn't playing. Yeah. And then finally, when Clive stepped out, Nico was ready to just step right in. That's so right. So I'm wondering if they're doing that again. Yeah. They had him on retainer for a while, and yeah, then they yeah. called him up, and they were going to get rid of him, but then they called him back again right. and kept him on again, and then soon enough... And it yeah. is funny because the British Line drummer is Simon Dawson. Mm. And Joe Lazarus is, like, touring with British Line right now. Yeah. And that's true. I never really thought about it. He's not playing drums for British no. Line right now, I don't think. Yeah. It's funny. The last tour, Voodoo 6 opened up for British Line, and he, he was the drummer for the opening band. Yeah. Um, this tour, the opening band, is Picture Books, they're called, which has no nothing to do with Joe Lazarus. Yeah. So, again... Steve Harris's nephew touring. I'm thinking maybe I never really put that together until I got this email. Well, if you want to, uh, you know, have him as an option, you got to pay him. You can't have someone sitting yeah. around, even if it's your nephew. You know, yeah. you got to have him doing something. Something else. Something else I found out yeah. is you remember it was weeks ago. Now I played a clip of Clive Burr, not no, not Clive Burr, of Bill Burr, the comedian mm. Bill Burr. Yeah. Talking about going to the Maiden Clive's concert. younger brother. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No relation. No relation. But Bill Burr on his podcast talked about how he saw Maiden and it was awesome. Yeah. And he went with some friends in, yeah. I think, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Joe Lazarus is who we went to the concert with. No. Yes. No. Of, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Whew, that's weird because I, wa- I, 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 I listened to Bill Burr's podcast yep. and I actually watched, uh, well, that one I hit doubly because I, I don't listen to everyone's podcast. I yep. skim through them. Um, and so it was in my podcast feed, but then it came through my Iron Maiden alert. And so I, I watched it twice and I was sure he had a picture with the guy, but I, I thought it was a, an old comedian friend. No. Nope. I, I got a picture of him in my mind. But that was, that, that email came in from Don, eh? But he's been a long time friend of the show. Oh, yeah. He's been around at Twitter, right? Yep. Since the yep. beginning, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been listening to us since like when we started, yeah. like two years, two and a half years ago. Cheers to Don. You mentioned Nico's new drum kit. I did. So the old drum kit that he was using, um, he basically switched to British Drum Co. Yeah. Which is like his new sponsor or his new, I guess his sponsor, his new, that's who he's with now. Yes. So he has this Icarus Special Edition Legend Series drum kit from British Drum Co. Yeah. Um, this is, he's he's going to be using that on the 2020 leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour. Yeah. And he's going to stop using the old one which was kind of you know, remember the old one had like the stained glass yep graphics on it that was very cool it was deadly this one is also very cool it's like m- more understated yeah 
it's like black with these red like accents. It's a very cool looking drum set, but mm. I don't know on stage. It's I think dice on it. I really yeah, it does. I mm. really like the old one. But I do yeah. also the, really like the, the new one. The had the, all of the they, – they basically had the backdrops, but each one had a stained glass kind of focus in the middle of it. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and not only that, when remember his demo video of the new kit, how pumped he was? Yeah. You know? He seems pretty pumped about this yeah. one too. Yeah. So I haven't seen him that except the Book of Souls drum kit was amazing too. Remember yeah. the giant – He's had a, a series of, yeah. of cool drum oh, kits. Amazing. After cool drum kit. This is what I don't get. Why is he doing this? Why is he switching companies? Like, I don't know. You know. That was one of the things I was discussing about Joe Lazarus because yeah. Joe Lazarus is on British Drum Co. And then Nico moved over to come on the same label as him. I wonder yeah. if it has anything to do with anything. But, like, it can't be a big financial <laughs> difference. I mean, maybe someone rubbed him wrong, but, I mean, you're you're 68 and you're talking about leaving your I don't think anyone rubbed anything band. wrong. I think he just yeah. – yeah. Now, the guy that founded uh, – let me see if I can remember the details of this. The guy that founded British Drum Co. is a friend of yeah. – I can't remember the details. You know, although, look, anything. we're here talking about it. We're point. here worried like, oh, Lazarus who could potentially replace him is with this company. And, you know, <laughs> Nico might go with him. That's all. Like, honestly, step back. Nico has a drum store. Yeah. Like, he's probably, he's going to use that drum store and try and scale it along a smaller size kid, uh, smaller size company that he can get to know and maybe, you know, get down on the ground floor yeah. on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it would make more sense to have something to do with his actual drumming business. And maybe, like, Lazarus' connection is just, you know, maybe he said, like, look, these guys are yeah, up and coming. They're awesome. Why don't you get outside with them? Yeah, Any theories <laughs> about what's going on here, let us know. This is the uh, Iron Maiden drumming conspiracy cast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I saw someone get off a plane, <laughs> you know, with a drumstick. Yeah. Um, another thing in the news, Ides of March. Ides of March. Paul Diano's announced his last ever performance live. It's at Beer Mageddon Festival in Bromsgrove, England on Sunday, August 30th. Mm. So he put this band together called Ides of March for yeah. his last show ever. It's Paul Diano on vocals, uh, on guitar it's Terry Wapram and Terry Rance, and uh, Doug Sampson on drums, and Speed Harris on bass. Hmm. So it's kind of like a Maiden alumni all-star band. So Terry Wapram, yeah, he joined Maiden summer of '77. That's right. Yeah, he was in the lineup with Tony Moore on keyboards. Remember when they had yep. a keyboard player for a while? Yep. Um, he played guitar I think until April 1978, and Dennis Wilcock left to form V1, and Wapram left Maiden and with, went to V1 with Dennis Wilcock. He was a guitar player for a while, a decent amount of time yeah i'd have to go back over that but when terry was in the band paul wasn't in the band yet no it was dennis wilcock days yeah pre-paul Dion. that's right so this is kind of like a mismatch mish mishmash mishmash yeah. mishmash well terry rance was yeah. in the very first lineup of iron maiden in 1975 yeah. and he brought his buddy dave sullivan in the band yeah. we always talk about uh terry rance and dave sullivan as kind of like i would think of them as like a, a team yeah. and they were both maiden at the same time they both left after Murray joined. Because remember, yeah. Dave, uh, Dave Murray joined. There was a, That's when they had the first three guitar lineup. This is back in, like, uh, I think, 76. Yeah. And it didn't go over well, and they both kind of took off. Yeah. And that's when Dave Murray was left in the band, and those two kind of left because they didn't like having that third guitarist there. That's right. So that's who Terry Rant is. Doug Sampson was in Smiler yeah. with Steve Harris pre-Iron Maiden. Um, he drummed on, he was in Maiden for a long time. He was, he drummed in the Wessex Studios demos, the Metal for Mothers compilation, those demos. Yeah. The Soundhouse tapes. He's the drummer on the Soundhouse tapes. 
He joined in 78 and stayed until January 1980 until Clive replaced him. Yeah. So he was also in Maiden for, you know, the formative years. And uh, Speed Harris on bass, he is in a Maiden tribute band called High on Maiden. I love that. <laughs> High on Maiden. High on Maiden. And all I know about them is I went to their website and it says, High on Maiden are the world's longest running and only Iron Maiden tribute band officially endorsed by Iron Maiden themselves. Nice. Whatever that means. I'm oh, not sure what awesome. that means. Because I thought the uh, Iron Maidens were also... What does endorsed mean? I don't know. I don't know. You got a shout out, I guess? Because they're not endorsing anything. No. Formally. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he's in a Maiden tribute band. Cool. So that's who the backup band for Paul Diano is. So uh, that's a pretty cool lineup. That is pretty cool. Um, Paul is waiting on knee surgery right now. Mm. Um, he's saying, it's been a, Paul Diano, this is a quote from him. It's been a tough four years waiting to play again. I hope to be standing for this show, and I'm really looking forward to it. Standing up will be great. If not, hell on wheels is coming to you. <laughs> and uh, the whole show is being filmed for this Paul Diano documentary that's being made. Cool. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I actually was thinking about going to this. Oh, my God. Um, Jarvis actually asked if either yeah. of us wanted to go. <laughs> my wife is going to be out of town. I'm going to be home with the kids. Oh. So I'm home. I have I can't go. But yeah. I was thinking about actually going to this. This would be very cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking about four ex-members of Iron Maiden. You yeah. Probably meet them. Going overseas for yeah. that, though, that's a that's a heck of a trip. Uh, can you imagine what, how much fun that would be? It's called Beer Mageddon. Yeah, that's true. Beer Mageddon is going to be all like Maiden and Metal fans. Yeah. It'd just be great. Yeah. Another Iron Maiden cover that somebody sent in. Yeah. Sam Berg. Did you see that email? Which one was that? Uh, he says, hey, guys, huge fan of the podcast. Yeah. I've gotten way more into Maiden since I started listening, along with the other bands you guys mentioned, in passing, like Sir Lord Baltimore and Red Fang. Oh, yeah. I forgot we talked about Sir Lord Yeah, Baltimore. that came in today. Yeah. Uh, I originally only listened to Maiden's 8288 catalog, but after your reviews, albums like A Matter of Life and Death and The X Factor are now way higher up on my list. So that's good because that's what I like hearing that. That's why to shed some light on these. Uh... That's why we do what we do. Lastly, you guys should check out the bands Tear, T Y R, or Tire, I don't know how you pronounce it, and Angel Sword when you have the chance. Angel Sword has that classic heavy metal sound to it, and Tear has. A pretty gnarly cover of Where Eagles Dare. I'm sure you guys will love. Anyway, up the irons. Keep up the good work, guys. So we looked up these guys. Tyr. Or t- how do you pronounce it? T-Y-R. It's like a Norse thing, I think. Yeah. They're from the Faroe Islands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're Well, they're Danish. Is the Faroe the, Islands are Danish. I thought they were like between. Are they yeah. owned by? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where there's, you know, the controversial... Get, I would say, culturally justified whale hunt. Uh, I don't know anything about that. You know, and look, you can't even swim up there. There's so many whales. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway. So these guys are from the Faroe Islands, folk metal band. They, all their songs are about like Viking mythology because Tyr is the Norse god of war. Um, This is one of the best Maiden covers I've heard in a while. Yeah. It's really good. It's very faithful to the original, but they put their own spin on it, especially like in the solo. So I'm going to play a clip from the solo. Yeah. 
I love that. It's that's pretty cool. It's very different, but it still feels the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just cool. It's kind of uh, their own spin on it, and uh, the vocals are really good too. I have another clip of the vocals I'll play. Thank you for sending Sam. that in. That's a uh, yeah. we get these sent in all the time, but that one really, really stuck out to me. as very cool. Yeah, we got a few on Facebook too, which we'll yeah. bring up in a future episode. I checked their uh, website. This mm. band, I don't know how you pronounce it. T Y R, Tear. I have a feeling it might tier, be tire. Depends on the. I don't know. That's a Sabbath album name that too, and I never knew how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, the other band that he mentioned, Angel Sword. I listened to. They have an album. I listened to it online. It's called Neon City, which is pretty cool. I don't have a clip for. I'm not going to get into that too, but yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it it is amazing because we we do talk about that, and it's yep. a challenge online to find. You know, everything gets suggested to you. It's always the same old crap. Yeah. Then you find this local stuff, and it's amazing. I almost wish we had like a database or some way that we could tag all this stuff. I do. I have amazing. like every band that people have submitted to me. I have yeah. a list made of. You have everything I have, saved. I have everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a playlist that has like all these bands in it. Yeah. If they recommend a track, I throw it in there. Mm. Keeping track of everything. But it's cool because a lot of the bands that uh, we're mm. into now were because of this podcast and because yeah. people mailed them in. Like Night Demon. Yeah. That's like my second favorite band after Maiden yeah. now. <laughs> I know, me too. I yeah. listen to them all the time. I know. And yeah. my vinyl collection and like CD yeah. collection. <laughs> That's why I like My t-shirt collection yeah. now is that, like oh, after it's, Maiden, it's, it's half, all Night Demon it's t-shirts. Night Demon. Yeah. The, the worst thing was after you, uh, you're like, oh, you know, we could go with Jervis to, to see them in England. I was like, I'd rather just go see Jervis. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Demon. Like seriously, yeah. I wouldn't want to go see... Uh, you know, Paul up there in a wheelchair. Oh, that'd you know, be awesome. It'd be yeah, a good time. Jarvis go up and kick him off, <laughs> kick him off the stage and take over. Um, it reminds me, I don't know if we played this on the podcast before, because yeah. I had this queued up to play it, and I don't think we ever got around to playing it. But uh, Tim Marshall, who uh, he's been in contact with us. Yeah. He's been listening to us for a long time. Uh, he sent this in, when, and he saw Night Demon, and he had these comments. Hey guys, this is Tim from London, long-time listener and second-time caller. Um, this isn't strictly a maiden story, but it's definitely a talking maiden story. I went to see Night Demon in London, in the underworld in Camden, a couple of weeks ago, and I was lucky enough to uh, get down to the front. I was wearing my Power Slave t-shirt, so there was a bit of a maiden connection there. And uh, at the end of the show, um, the band are all thanking the crowd and giving high fives, and I was lucky enough to catch a plectrum. Um, but then Jarvis threw his a sweatband and tried to catch it, but accidentally knocked it back onto the stage. So he then had to just hand it to someone. But yeah, it was an absolutely epic show. Loved it. It was such a privilege to be able to see such an amazing band in such an intimate venue. And I really felt like it was the equivalent of being able to see Maiden in the early days in the small uh, venues. So just a massive thank you to you guys for um, getting me into them and promoting their music. And yeah, it's the best uh, best concert I've ever seen, probably, other than the Maiden themselves. So huge shout out to, to the guys in Night Demon. Love everything they're doing. Love the podcast. 
great work, guys. Up the irons, down the hops. So I can't remember if we played that before or not, but I don't think I did because uh, it's not in my notes for any of the past episodes I looked through. Yeah. Um, The thing that he said on there that I want to talk about is he saw Night Demon. He felt like he was seeing uh, Iron Maiden back when Iron Maiden was in their club days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we saw Night Demon and, man, I felt the same way too i felt like yeah. these guys are way too big and energetic and they're too big of a presence for the club that they're playing like yeah they seem like a band that's gonna like explode and get huge i know we're talking about them all the time yeah um well because we love them but yeah, i mean but you so know good. i don't yeah. care if people people don't want to hear it <laughs> I know, they don't have to listen you know i'll give you your money back yeah the uh yeah and there's a few things that are itching me to talk about with them because like Notably, they've got some huge projects coming up, and we know about it. But no, we, oh, yeah. we, you know, right. like uh, people, it's gonna blow people's minds. Yeah. So I'm really pumped. I but think I they think got they're a huge my second favorite band on the go right now. Oh my god, definitely for me. For Maiden. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have a ton of favorite bands, but I've got all there. the I've got all the discs. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I actually the, tracked the, down yeah. the uh, vinyl of their yeah. first EP, and they're seven inch singles. Yeah. So I finally have my Night Demon. You have them all. Vinyl collection complete. Yeah. Mm. Good yeah. work. Um, I've uh, I got all the discs loaded up my in my uh, oh, yeah. CD player, so I'm listening to them constantly. Um, what's funny about them is, um, especially uh, the live disc, which is the third one. You know, um, a lot of the original uh, um, versions of the song are so much better on the live disc. You know, they're so good live. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm just really pumped about them. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, they're great guys too. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. They're awesome. But, uh, I know we've had a few people yeah. in there. Like... But I mean, you know, people say to us, uh, you know, no one's said anything. Everybody loves, loves Night Demon. But I mean, you know, Jarvis has listened to this, I'm sure. Um, you know, they've done a lot for us too, right? Yep. That's true. So, you know, really good friends and, uh, you know, they, they give us a great perspective. I mean, he's been on the podcast a bunch of times. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, a great feedback. Fan. Yeah. Um, we got, I have one more band I want to talk about. Mm. So this is the guy that sent it to me. This is actually his band. He's in the band that he sent. And this has happened to us a whole bunch of times. Some of them have been good, and we've talked about them on the podcast. Mm. Um, we've gotten a few where I didn't mention. But these guys are uh, – it's Mark from Montreal, and his band is called Master Spy. Yeah. Uh, his email says, Hi, guys. Mark from Montreal. Love your show. Listen to it while working out. Wanted to share with you my own songs, which are in the vein of Maiden – but the kind of epics like Hallowed Be Thy Name, um, he, he goes on to say like they, they're closing a deal with Blaze Bailey to sing on a song on their, mm. with them. Um, I think you'll be blown away with this song called The Train, a spy story happening on a train somewhere in Russia. Enjoy. Oh, cool. This is a very like uh, somewhere in time era maiden sounding. It's very cool. And it is very epic. It's 10 minutes long. And it has this, it, it sounds it's very like in the vein of like a maiden epic. Um, and like I said, we get a lot of people sending us clips of their own bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to play this one because I think this one's actually pretty awesome.
Anyway, yeah. that's a minute of like yeah. a 10 minute song, but it is like an epic track. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a bit of uh, Silica Messiah bass pedal going on there, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> like, too. It's got that, that repetitive drumming, and the fills are more than you'd expect with Maiden. But yeah. Overall. Yeah, and, but it's and, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, masterspy.bandcamp.com. Mm. If you're into like 10 cool. minute Maiden y epic tracks. Um, that's about all I got to talk about. I've got some things here. Okay. Should we go through all the virtual Surrounded stuff by now? these uh, Funko Pop yeah. Eddies, but we'll talk yeah. about them another time. Yeah. My kids you, have them. You upstairs. ordered them, they eh? got, Yeah. 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 I saw those and I was like, oh. Yeah. I don't know. So I have uh, four, the, the four, it's the first four Maiden album yeah. Eddies. Yeah. I've got them uh, up in boxes on my shelves. And then these ones are like ones that the kids are putting You bought with. extra ones for the kids to play with. the kids to play with. Oh my God. <laughs> I looked at them and I was like, I don't really get the pop stuff. Like, yeah, I know. What is it? Is it, you know, I because know. there's the bobbleheads and there's all the different. They don't bobble, they don't do anything. No. They're just like. They're Eddie's. good for your shelf. They're good for the shelf. That's yeah. all they're good for. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not really into like these Funko pop. But if they're 16, they're you'll have to have them all. I know. It's a collecting thing. Oh I guess. my god. Well, that's what I was wondering if they can do these for all the albums. And you were saying, how would they do Brave New World? And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't see how they could do them all. They could definitely do a Power Slave. In can you imagine? Time. Can you imagine the X Factor one? <laughs> oh yeah. How horrible that would be. <laughs> a giant head with like a. The Dance of Death one would be like half done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The, the back like that one wasn't supposed to go. Yeah. The mold wasn't finished yet. On that yeah, the one. body's Still not half. painted. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, loads of feedback on Facebook yeah. for Virtual 11, which we'll get into soon. I don't, don't yeah. want to get into it now. Or we'll, yeah. well, there's a few I, I do want to bring yeah. up. Well, there's we'll a couple of things later. we want to yeah. get into, things, points that people yeah. brought up. Points, yeah. So but, we'll, uh, we'll circle not, back yeah. on that. We're not going to punish you with more Virtual 11. Yeah. Any other exciting feedback? Uh,. More I- we got we've never read our iTunes reviews. Oh yeah, but we've got a whole bunch of new ones. But uh, we've never really been into no, we our iTunes reviews. And we don't really encourage people to do it. Yeah, we should yeah. maybe people leave us an iTunes review when there you hear this. There you go. Okay, if you're on Apple, yeah, help drive us yeah. up to the top of the podcast charts. Yeah. Um, I've got a, all of them printed up here. I'll read a few out. Uh, I must listen for any Maiden fan. Josh and Nesbitt are pretty smooth at conversing all things Maiden. Feels mm-hmm. like you're right there in the room having a beer with the boys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice cheers to that one. Uh, Look, you're in the room right now. Here's <laughs> clinking our empty cl- cans. Clinking together. empty cans. <laughs> As a maiden nerd, I love it. Up the irons. Nice. Love the podcast. These guys are 95% on the money. But the enthusiasm <laughs> and beer reviews make up for it. Only 95%. <laughs> Only 95%. Yeah, I know. How dare they leave out Total Eclipse as one of Maiden's best B-sides in episode 18. Yeah, no, we did get into it eventually. Flush that one. Flush it. <laughs> That's okay. I forgave them for pointing me in the direction of Night Demon. Nice. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Jeez. And, and beer drinking up the irons. Cool. Um, we did talk about uh, Total Eclipse after. Yeah. Um, these guys don't waste time with 10 to 20 minutes of often unfunny and inane banter like so many other music podcasts before getting to the material at hand. Oh, my God. I we love do it for the album all. reviews and all the history surrounding any various Maiden records. They know their stuff. We do get distracted, though. Whenever I read those, I'm like, oh, God. It's not that bad, though, because I listen to bad. probably 
between 12 and 15 yeah. music podcasts. Yeah. And some of them, they do what I'm doing right now, which is like read reviews and letters for like 40 minutes and then do yeah. 20 minutes of content and they're done. Ah, uh, fair enough. So, and there's a lot. But of in fairness, things. that's the way I would do it because you're always like, let's get into it. I'm like, ah, oh, fair enough. I like to get to the meat, yeah. the meat of the maiden. For well, episode. in fairness, if my if I have one claim to fame, it's that I kept virtual eleven to four episodes. That took all, that took a lot of arm bending. <laughs> we were two songs, and I was like, that's but no way. How many do you think Brave New World is going to take? Well, probably five, four yeah. or five. That's going to take at least five. Yeah, I have four a, is like enough a on the Wicker Man to do an episode. Oh God. All right, let's All right. wrap this one up. Yes. And we got uh, Brave New World coming up. Coming up. Facebook, TalkingMaiden.com, email us, all that stuff. If and you, we haven't said this in yeah. like a year. It's yeah. been over a year since we've mentioned this. What's that? Uh, leave us an iTunes review if you're listening on oh, Apple. Oh, leave us an iTunes review. Because uh, yeah. I'd love, love to see those come in. Yeah, and every now good. and then one comes in, I get a notification. Yeah. I do get a kick out of reading them. That's true. But uh, we haven't really been – we kind of gave up on this whole – because at first we were, like, watching us climb up the rankings. And there was a couple other Iron Maiden, inactive Iron Maiden podcasts. And we really were like, I can't wait to get listed above them. And then we did, and then I kind of haven't checked since. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we did a few laps. (laughs) (laughs) They're toast. Uh, Sorry people who haven't published in seven years. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, all right, TalkingMaiden.com, email all that stuff. You guys, if you don't know by now, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Until At next time. Maiden. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Email Nesbitt, just reply to his <laughs> giant reply he sent back to you. Until next time, up the irons and down the hops. 